opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Hello out there, my dear friends and resolute listeners of the Healthy Steps Radio Show, and thank you for keeping your radio dial tuned to WMNF Tampa. A Monday morning without you is a lonesome walk indeed. So let's draw back the curtain and start the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey. You're encouraged to participate today by calling 813-239-9663 or sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. You can also text us at 813-433-0885. Well, Dr. Harvey, where are we going with the show today? Well, Bill, thanks for that intro. Today we're doing another AMA show, Ask Me Anything. But I thought I would start off with a little discussion about mental health again. This weekend in the uh, Sunday New York Times, there was an article that piqued my interest considering that just at the beginning of July, I spent five days with some amazing teens at a most transformational summer camp. Um, Once again, got to thank Jelani Nichols, Lisa Nichols, and Motivating the Teen Spirit for such an amazing event and experience But um, this article, which I will uh, post the link a little bit later, um, it is uh, Summer Camp, Sun Swimming Archery and Therapy. Uh, As the United States grapples with a mental health crisis, summer camps are looking more closely at their children in their care. And it's it's really interesting to see that this is the way it has gone. And um, the, the, the things that that prompt this well um since the pandemic things have gotten worse obviously lots of stress is in our society so uh one of the the camp counselors at uh, uh a major camp um in in uh, the northeast uh noticed that she posts pictures and things to their their uh website maybe facebook page or something and she gets questions back why does my child look sad where are all their friends? They want to know. The parents are asking what's going on. And um, during uh, these past summers, it seems to have gotten worse. And uh, so many severe mental issues have come up. Um, and and really, have, it's, it's exceeding the capacities counselors to take care of it. Because they're not meant to be mental health camps. They're meant to be leadership camps and fun outdoor camps. But the staff isn't prepared as the staff was at Motivating the Teen Spirit for helping with transformation. And it seems that um, there's a, the, the group is called, uh, 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 um, I think it's a, a Jewish youth camps uh, in the summer. Um, and uh, 2,200 children and teens attended and about one in five were taking medication for attention deficit and 15% were taking medication for anxiety or depression. And uh, 25 to 30 meet remotely with therapists during camp. This is severe. And 
one of the suggestions from functional medicine that happened during the pandemic is, you know, we have some uh, pretty good evidence that uh, 50% of our all homes in America are moldy homes and mold can cause mood and thought disorder. And so many of these kids that haven't been evaluated appropriately, as I've talked about before by psychiatry or uh, primary care and have uh, uh, received medication for uh, mental and emotional symptoms without actually having a diagnosis other than a symptom-based diagnosis, these kids could have toxicities, petrochemical toxicities, infection-related toxicities, and, of course, mycotoxin toxicities. Um, it's really sad when um, at 8.30 uh, outside the dining hall, a nurse calls out breakfast meds and a line of children forms up. And it's just part of the fabric of childhood is the way to describe it. This is not the part of the fabric of childhood. This is part of the fabric of a bizarrely disturbed society that is not understanding how to deal with health issues that cause emotional and mental problems. They're not necessarily mental health issues. They are health issues that result in mental and emotional problems misdiagnosed as psychiatric disorders rather than as the medical disorders that they happen to be. Um, I'm taking care of a, a, an adult man right now who has severe mold toxicity and his symptoms uh, began a year and a half ago with seizures and anxiety and developed into bloated belly and severe abdominal pain. Tell me that these are psychiatric disorders so yeah it's it's just really it's sad how how our society has actually warped these children too because the woman uh, uh even mentions that campers have arrived at camp with sophisticated clinical vocabulary already when when the clinical vocabulary is more than likely inappropriate because there's actually not a clinical situation that is a mental disorder. It's probably associated with toxicities from eating artificial colors, artificial flavors, artificial sweeteners, preservatives, um, gluten, uh, excess sugar, and uh, the mycotoxins that are present in our food because many grains and many nuts have, have mycotoxins in them. Coffee has mycotoxins in it. So there's so many sources that we can get, plus our homes. You know, 50% of homes are likely to have a mold problem like mine does. We'll talk about that again. But the issues associated with um, mental health um, and its origins in actual health challenges rather than being an isolated condition on its own. This is what we really need to explore. This is where we need to put our resources. This is what we need to think about because this conversation extends elsewhere. And one of those things is also something that's come up in the news recently. America is actually in the lower tier of pregnancy-related deaths more than four in five pregnancy related deaths are preventable in the US, but also um, uh, possibly up to um, one third of all pregnancies result in C-section. And more and more children are dying. The principal cause of death in, in that age group is actually pregnancy related death of a child. Um, stillbirths are happening. This is all, again, related to the same problem that we're ignoring in the emotional and mental health field, and that is that we have toxicities that are being ignored and medicated for the symptoms thereof, but not actually taking care of the underlying toxicities that are causing the problems. This is a real serious situation, and Western medicine needs to open its eyes 
and go beyond the paradigm of prescribing for symptoms and look into why this is occurring. I test people on a regular basis for toxicity and find it. I find petrochemical toxicity, I find toxic metals, and I find mycotoxins. I also find infectious agent toxins. These are all present. Lyme disease can cause mental disturbances, emotional disturbances, because of the way it causes the body to react. Chronic pain, chronic infection, chronic illness, induce changes in the body, in the emotional control centers, the limbic system, and the vagal system, and also in mast cells, which are reactive inflammatory allergy type cells, all of these affect the way the mood is working. All these affect the way the cognition is working and the way your immune system is working. It's all tied together and it's not being addressed. It's really kind of sad, but um, we have the opportunity to deal with this. There are so many resources out there in the functional medicine world that we have the possibility of shifting this equation and changing it. We just need to address it and not ignore it as it has been for so, so long. I just want to remind people that we are on WMNF 88.5 Tampa, and this is the Healthy Steps Radio Show. I'm Dr. Fred Harvey, and I'm looking for your phone calls today because I want to talk with you about what's going on in this world. So give us a call in the studio at 813-239-9663. You can text us at 813-433-0885, and you can email at dj at wmnf.com. O-R-G. And I am looking for some good interaction today because I don't have a guest and I would love to um, talk with you about some of these subjects, teen mental health, uh, maternal and uh, um, uh, fetal death and, and uh, death in the first year of life. You know, Americans actually have a really sad statistic here too, that uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of women that also will die in the first year after the birth because of complications from the pregnancy. And these things are happening because we're not addressing the underlying functional problems. Remember, functional medicine looks at things in a healthcare fashion, not in an illness care fashion. We're not looking to put a label on somebody's disease so that we can figure out some prescription to throw at it because, you know, there's a pill for every ill. No, we actually look at humans, and we really like to try to treat humans. And Gary is a human that calls regularly. I love Gary, and um, I think I'm going to talk to Gary here. Hi, good morning, you guys. Good morning. Hi, um, when you talked about mental illness, where did it, why did they think of Trump early? And why does it what? It, why did they think of Trump right away? We talked about I missed you there, Gary. However, um. I wanted to sort of talk about water. Yes. Um, you know, it's important to drink so many glasses of water every day. Well, does does milk and juice and Gatorade is that all the uh, coffee and tea? Is that all part of drinking water? That's a great question, especially since we're dealing with so much um, excess heat right now. Um, Water is uh, really clean. Water is your best source for hydrating because the one of my favorite comments from the world of toxicity and cleaning up toxicity is the solution to pollution is dilution. And so you really want to dilute the pollution in your body with lots of water to wash it out of your body. But 
you know, when you drink other liquids, you are getting fluid to wash it out. However, when you drink milk, you're getting sugar and protein and fat and vitamins and other things that are in the milk, maybe even some antibiotics if you are not using um, clean milk and you're using stuff that comes from standard uh, 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 dairy farms. And then uh, when you're eating or when you're drinking Gatorade, well, Gatorade has artificial colors, artificial flavors. You want to avoid that kind of stuff. Just don't even put artificial flavors, artificial colors or artificial sweeteners into your beverages because they are not good for you. The electrolytes are good, but there are clean electrolyte formulas. In fact, you could even buy some trace electrolytes in a, a little dropper bottle and put a couple drops in your water. And it makes the water taste a bit more crisp, especially if you're um, using tap water that's been filtered. Um, and so uh, all those other fluids are good, but you really should try to get at least um, a good quart of water in addition to the other quart of other liquids. Remember that when you do caffeinated beverages, you're actually getting a diuretic, a water pill. So you're actually going to pee out another uh, uh, equal, a sub, you know, amount equal to what you've just uh, had in, in that beverage. So you want to consider adding another glass of water on top of tea or coffee. Does that answer your question, Gary? Yeah, you're making me thirsty. So goodbye. Have a great one. Let's talk with Smitty. Hello. Hi there. Hello. Uh, yes, uh, I, I'm in a wheelchair. Uh, I was told I have osteoporosis. They wanted to give me some heavy-duty medication, which required uh, dental inspection. And uh, I got some teeth work I got to do if I want to go on the medication. But... I'd rather just have an organic approach to it. Can you give me uh, the recipe there, Doc? Well, that's a, a challenge, uh, considering that you are actually in a wheelchair. One of the principles for um, building good bone is to stress the bone out. And you stress that out with doing some weight-bearing exercises. And yeah. so uh, if you're not able to um, do that, um, squats and lunges, you might actually get some help by doing, um, if you can stand with assistance uh, on a vibration plate. A vibration oh. plate can give oh. you some exercise for the lower extremities. Yay. And then. Yeah, I have once a foot massager. I haven't been using it, but that sounds like the best thing. Well, um, that actually could be it, but there's a, a, a specific uh, thing. Uh, uh, Juvent is one brand um, that has a lot of research on a specific frequency of vibration. I'm not sure what your your massage foot massager will do, but it could be something similar and it could work. I'd look into that. In the meantime, um, you need to make sure that you're getting enough protein. You need to get at least um, a half a gram of protein to three quarters of a gram of protein per pound of body weight daily to make sure you're building bone, especially when you're actually in an osteopenic or osteoporosis condition. Another thing is testosterone is critical for bone health, in, especially in males. And so- Why don't um, doctors if, just give it to you when you're- What's that? I, mean, I, I missed I, what you said. I uh, have been- unable to convince my doctors to give me the testosterone. Well, has your doctor tested your testosterone? Yeah, yeah. They just said it was low, but doesn't uh, necessitate medication. So if, if your testosterone... 
if your testosterone is actually low and your doctor won't treat it, then you need a doctor that will actually treat the condition. You need to change doctors because if you actually have a medical condition of low testosterone, that is a cause of osteoporosis. Treating low testosterone fixes that. Um, to some extent, but you still need protein. You need exercise. You should uh, consider a, a good calcium supplement, vitamin D of two to 5,000 units a day. And also you want to get uh, something called silica. I like orthosilicic acid in a form called Biosilla Regenimax. Um, very effective at helping make bone collagen, but you need the protein you need some exercise. You need a good multivitamin with multi-minerals because you need magnesium and other trace minerals like zinc to help with the process for bone mineralization. And um, that should help. But uh, you really need to fix underlying medical conditions that would inhibit bone growth, and that would be low testosterone. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, another question. What's the best way to uh, uh, cook your eggs? Um, well, you don't want to break the yolk uh, uh, because oxidized yolk is not as good for you. But if you do, if you like scrambled eggs, you do them very lightly. Um, and uh, you uh, want to basically keep them a little bit moist. You don't want overcooked dried eggs because that oxidizes the fat in the yolk and makes it more difficult to utilize. Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, be listening to you later, there, Doc. Uh, all right, Smitty. Have a great day and uh, good luck with those bones. Yes. Bye bye. Oh, by the way, there's a there's a friend of mine, um, a very good, uh, a really good guy. Um, so cool. Um, his his name is uh, um, I'm blanking right now, but he's called the Bone Coach. If you look up the Bone Coach online, he has some programs for helping build bone. Now, part of it does include exercise, so I'm not sure if he has any programs for people in wheelchairs, but there might be something there. Um, definitely worth lo worth looking into. So it looks like we have. Uh, dead airspace. So I'm just going to mention that we are on WMNF and I need some people to call me so we can chat some more because I love to talk, as you might have noticed. Um, you can call us at 813-239-9663, text in at 813-433-0885 or email dj at wnf.org. And uh, I do have some emails that have already come in, but get those phone lines going because it's much more fun to chat with you folks. In the meantime, David says, hi, Dr. Fred. I attended a big bodybuilding show in Tampa this past weekend that attracts top pro competitors from all over the world. I was curious about human growth hormone, which many of these folks use. What are the adverse consequences of using HGH? Is there a long-term negative consequence of using it? I also wondered where does HGH come from? Um, is it synthesized or is it gathered from humans? Excellent questions. I like that. So let's start with, um, well, what is human growth hormone? Human growth hormone is a high-level master gland hormone. It comes from the pituitary, and it instructs all of our cells to metabolize. It basically turns on the body, and it turns on the body to actually expand. So growth hormone tells your, bo your body cells to get bigger and also to divide. And <clears throat> so there is no um, found specific adverse consequence um, directly from growth hormone, unless it's overutilized, you can actually get um, something that anybody who's old enough to remember uh, wrestling from the uh, 70s <laughs> could remember Andre the Giant. 
he had uh, natural uh, excess growth hormone, and it, it developed a condition called acromegaly. All of his bones got big. He looked like a huge gorilla with a, a, a big bossy front forehead, and, and everything was big, um, including his heart. All his organs grew too, everything. And so um, that's an adverse consequence of using too much of it. And you actually, you can see some of the people that have actually overutilized it. Some of the bodybuilders actually look like they, their heads have gotten bigger and, and their fingers are thick and goofy looking. But most people have actually dialed in the dose and they actually see doctors that help them to dial in the dose now. Um, one thing that I've noticed um, um, is that uh, people who misuse it and uh, uh dis uh you know disregard necessary diet changes etc um they can get some problems i watched one man um who completely ignored all dietary he just, he thought he had a, a, a this like magic bullet uh, anti-aging uh injection and he just continued eating crappy food and he didn't exercise and he ended up getting carpal tunnel in both forearms. He had so much fat and connective tissue deposit there that he, he started having trouble in his hands. It's like, this is not to be played with. In fact, I don't recommend most people bother with it because you don't need it. You can do everything that human growth hormone does to actually make your body super healthy, super strong, and even develop good muscle growth when you do appropriate exercise, get enough rest, water, uh, protein, uh, micronutrients, everything to make it work right, then you don't get the long-term consequences and you don't need them. And it is synthesized. Um, it's actually uh, a, a, a genetic sequence that's actually grown in, I believe, uh, bacteria or yeast, probably yeast in a big vat in a lab. And so there might be some yeast byproduct, but there's no uh, uh, human byproduct. And um, so I don't see much purpose in using it except in people that have actually got low growth hormone. And that's very few that I've actually tested. It looks like we have a caller. Hello, Bonnie. Yes, hello. Good morning, Dr. Harvey. Good I have morning. a question about schizophrenia. My yes. grandson is 23 years old, and two years ago, after a traumatic uh, event in his life, he was diagnosed as schizophrenic. Yes. He is on a monthly injection, uh, which does seem to have a positive effect. Yes. But I'm wondering, would the early use of marijuana and a fairly poor, as in mostly processed food diet, contribute to the onset of that disorder? You know, that's very insightful of you. Um, you know, schizophrenia is a very one of the couple of actual psychiatric diagnoses that are related to psychiatric problems. Um, schizophrenia appears to be a hardwiring issue that is uh, inheritable and is <clears throat> related to some significant differences in the way the brain processes. From my perspective, it's not a disease. From my perspective, it's a variant of human functioning. And from my perspective, the uh, world uh, treats schizophrenia very bizarrely and acts as though it's a disorder. Um, our um, uh, the former owners of this great land, the indigenous Americans, considered these people very special and treated them specially and actually revered them and took care of them and cherished them, unlike our society in which we marginalize most of these people, unfortunately, because they don't fit into the little box of you must go to work every day and do your eight hours of putting pegs in holes and 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 being a drone for some profiteer. Um, sorry. Uh, 
I, I, I diverge. But the uh, issue is that these medications do work to help stabilize the condition. And we do know that because of the interesting and different way that the brain works, um, it is very sensitive. And we know that uh, um, stresses and uh, chemicals like from foods, processed stuff, weird things, artificial colors, flavors, and things that cause neurologic changes, those will definitely um, contribute. Uh, cannabis can contribute. You might see the first um, psychotic break after using cannabis uh, because it changes the way the nervous system actually processes. It changes um, uh, the uh, uh, cholinergic system. It changes the sympathetic system. Um, and so whenever you're dealing with somebody who has different neurologic processing then anything that would change the neurologic processing from any of those chemicals is going to potentially trigger it well, but it's not necessarily the causative i absolutely appreciate that um explanation and i can understand everything you said beautiful and, i try to make things um, simple so people can take this information and and use it so how um, I think that one of the best things you could do for your son is find a functional psychiatrist. And there's many out there. Um, and um, there's even, oh, I mentioned it last time. Um, um, oh, it's a, 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 new, a new way to look at it. It's a group of psychiatrists. Um, it's not integrative. But I mentioned it on my last show or, or the show prior. Um, and I will look for it again, but we'll try and post some more of these resources online. I hope that helps you. And I've got a full board if I can move on. Okay. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Harvey. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Hello, Chris. Oh, hi, doctor. Good morning. Um, Good morning. I, I was just uh, getting composing this email for you just to uh, reply, but uh, to call a couple calls back uh, about, about silica. Um, I like uh, food-grade diatomaceous earth, uh, which uh, I found some studies showing that it actually improves uh, also atherosclerosis and arteriosclerosis and improves cholesterol. Um, but hey, Chris, that's great. You know, I, I like diatomaceous earth, and, and I don't really incorporate it much into uh, my supplementation, but it keeps coming up um, with, with uh, uh, really interesting possibilities. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, I, I like that. About, uh, I've been reading, I don't see any studies, but I see a lot of anecdotes online, people saying that it helps with their uh, both overactive and underactive thyroid, which I yes. think is awesome. Um, and let me take you off speakerphone here one second. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I supplement separately uh, with uh, probiotics and prebiotics because I'm concerned that um, the food-grade diatomaceous earth might actually uh, destroy it mechanically as it does to parasites. Yes, so, and it may. Yeah, so I'm concerned. You know, a friend of mine uh, was taking it. She felt like she was gunked up, so she stopped taking it. And uh, I just, uh, what I do is I take it on an empty stomach, usually first thing in the morning, and feel uh, real wide awake then, and um, then take uh, supplements separately with probiotics and prebiotics. And yeah, I see. I also think so, diatomaceous earth is kind of for me like bentonite clay and charcoal. Uh, many of these things I don't think should be used every day all the time because they do bind up so much and they they're very active. So um, using them in pulse doses for a few days, unless you're really really toxic and have lots of mycotoxins on board, it may be worth it to you know really focus on that and really try to balance your schedule so you're not taking supplements with binders all the time. Um, it can get to be pretty much a dance with really sick people 
Right. Yeah, and uh, and that's a good point that uh, you know the activated charcoal and the healing clays like a bentonite clay or uh, like the food grade diatomaceous earth are all adsorptive. You know, they have this uh, negative electrostatic charge that allows them to attract the free radical contaminants in our body and, uh, you know, safely escort them out. Yeah, I know um, bentonite clay even takes out mercury. I'm surprised. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, actually, it's but, so amazing. Um, when we just eat um, some normal things, I mean, you know, we, we used to eat food that had a little clay on it because we, we <laughs> things weren't quite as clean and hydroponically grown as they are now. But um, all these things that we did ingest had um, some help. You know, we, we ate some plants that had some soil bacteria in it because we didn't clean off all the soil. And we do, we do a pretty good job of cleaning these days. Uh, but yeah, the yeah. the the uh, uh, binders are so important to us. You know, even just uh, the more greens you eat, chlorophyll is a detox agent. So eat greens because chlorophyll binds all these toxins. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, silica. Um, I've, I'm concerned about other sources. I found a you know, um, the you know the next least expensive source is bamboo. I found, and then yeah, um, there, there's also out there on the market nettle leaf, oat straw, seaweeds, and of course horsetail. The I'm going to say yeah. an article that uh, has some warnings on excessive use of horsetail that I was surprised about. Um, but, I've never uh, seen know, that, but that's interesting. You know, yeah. I, I like the organic silicas. You know, you've mentioned a lot of them, um, but and and the one that I mentioned, it's a supplement. Of course, it's expensive uh, compared to these other ones. But if you really got bad osteoporosis, I've watched it work very quickly, and then you don't need to take it forever. Once you've got the result done, you can actually support with these other things, like you're discussing. Right. And, uh, and lastly, um, MCHA, you know, microcrystalline hydroxyapatite. Yes. Right. Um, I'm going to Excellent send you source. FT yeah. I'll send you an FT, the Federal Trade Commission ruling that uh, was so hard fought back in 96, uh, soon after it was introduced on the market, where they had to prove uh, the, the originators, uh, ethical nutrients, they had to prove that it actually increases bone density and mass up to 30% per year. And uh, so I'll just send you um, a bunch of uh, references to to uh, some science and, and some supplements um, that, uh, that some supplements I like. The three ones that I like that have MCHA because they have a lot of other uh, co nutrients and minerals for bone absorption, um, so they really serve as a good multi mineral. I like uh, Gero Formulas uh, Ultra Bone Up. That's what I take. And then there's a MRN uh, Bone Maximizer Three and uh, Now Foods Bone Strength. But I'll send those uh, off to you right now in an email. Yeah, there's lots of good um, sources for these things. And um, yeah, I appreciate your input, Chris. You always have some great stuff to talk about. Anne is coming up right. next. Um, thank you again, Chris. Oh, hi. Um, hi there. Hi. You said to eat clean protein uh, yes. when you take, when you take um, vitamin D. Would that mean like eat an egg or a piece of chicken when you take your pill? What is what and what is what did you mean? So clean protein is protein that hasn't been polluted by um, <clears throat> the um, uh, food industrial complex. Um, we we at most um, places we we acquire food we acquire rather ill food. Um, chickens that come from mass chicken producers, those poor birds have been abused and poisoned. Um, the recommendation is decrease the amount you eat to get better quality. And so locally here in Sarasota, we have access to some great farms that have pasture raised 
chickens, pasture-raised turkey, pasture-raised duck, pasture-raised beef, lamb, and pork. So we have access to really natural meat. The pastured eggs are from chickens that basically spend their whole day in the yard packing up bugs and little seeds and things like that rather than being fed commercial feed. We found that commercial feed actually is polluted with mycotoxins because uh, they don't really care as much for the animal feed as they do for the uh, human feed, it seems. But the animal husbandry people are getting smart because they realize that when you feed your animals uh, toxined food, moldy food, they have lower fertility rates and they produce less uh, uh, meat. And so the uh, uh, farmers are catching on that they need to actually clean up the diet. And that will also help because if you're eating uh, animals uh, or drinking their milk, if they've eaten moldy food, you're eating mycotoxins. So you're toxifying yourself with polluted meat. That's what I mean by clean. You want wild caught fish. You want pasture raised poultry and four leggeds, and you don't want to accept anything else. Does so that like answer it for one, you? So like one egg when you take your pill would be good? Oh, an egg is fine, yes. And when you're talking about mixing it with vitamin D, you want actually fat with it because vitamin D is fat-soluble, so you want to have like the yolk of the egg or um, some other kind of uh, fat to go with that to help the body absorb the fat better. So like a hard-boiled egg, like eat the white and the yolk, and that would be good to take yes. with your pill? Oh, okay. Yep. Or one piece of chicken would be good. Yeah, you want to get some fat. You want to get some fat. So the chicken should have a little skin on it, not be a lean breast. You're not going to get enough fat to help you absorb that vitamin D. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Huh. That's weird because I always thought you were supposed to take all the fat off. That's because in the 70s, people went crazy over fat. And what uh, um, happened is we got fat and we got uh, heart disease increasing. And so we realized that... um, the fat's actually not bad. It's actually adding all those extra carbohydrates in that does the problem. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Have a great day, Ann. Good morning, Lance. Morning. I've got a question. I emailed you and my wife said to call. So it's um, bunions. What is your recommendation for bunions? So bunions, bunions, you know, those funny growths you get on your big toe that make it look a little deformed. That's arthritis. And the best treatment is prevention, unfortunately. So if you've already got them, the bones are deformed. And um, if they're badly deformed and you're having a lot of pain with walking, surgery might actually help. I've watched a lot of people respond well to good bunion surgery by a good podiatrist. But in prevention, working on posture is really critical. And so actually working on posture before you get your bunions operated on is a good thing because that'll take some pressure off of the bunions and you may find some relief and may be able to put off the surgery for a while. But if they're bad enough to cause functional difficulty in walking, you may need to get them operated on because once they're deformed, it's really hard to do anything with them. Um, So... Yeah, you you may be uh, stuck with an intervention at this point, sir. Okay, well, I will um, try to find a good podiatrist. Uh, and uh, I guess they don't have functional medicine podiatrists. Well, um, 
Probably not, but in this case, um, you've basically gone beyond where functional medicine is going to be the best help for you, and you need a surgical intervention, probably. But um, if you find a good functional practitioner, um, we have protocols that can help with perioperative uh, um, uh, preparation and recovery to speed the healing. If you um, um, check out the website functionalmedicineflorida.com, you can get some information about protocols like that. Got it. Okay, well, you've answered my question. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're so welcome. And I think Scott is on the phone. Hey, Doc. Hello. What you got today, Scott? Hey, listen, I have a couple questions. I, I keep hearing about how protein's bad if you have arthritis. Is it only certain types of proteins or all proteins? Um, well, actually, I've not heard that one. Um, oh, well, maybe I'm explaining it wrong. Um, I, so I when you have arthritis, um, it depends on which kind you have. Um, do you have the autoimmune kind, rheumatoid arthritis, or do you have osteoarthritis from long-term use? Yeah, long-term use. All right. So you have a little bit of degenerative joint disease is another phrase for it. So the, jo the joints have got a little beat up over time, and they probably um, could have required a little bit more nourishment to help them um, over time. And some of the things you can do to support that are uh, glucosamine and chondroitin. Chondroitin is actually collagen basically it's the matrix that makes up the 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 joint um surface and um fish oil is a great thing to help with inflammation there and your um um exercise is really critical doing range of motion for the knees and strengthening uh any joint around wherever you're hurting um really helps to reduce the discomfort and um, there are anti-inflammatories like curcumin and boswellia and uh, uh, white willow siloxacin. These all help with um, your your joint metabolism. Uh, lots of water helps too because more water helps you produce more joint fluid to help you have more um, buffering in there. Gotcha. Okay, so protein does not affect any of that? Well, it depends. I mean, gluten is a protein that irritates a lot of people's joints. So, you know, if you're living on bread, you might want to consider a switch off of bread to some other kind of... Uh, <laughs> can afford nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Prices have gone crazy, haven't they? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think just good quality protein doesn't affect. In fact, it's helpful. Um, you know, you want to get, like I said, the, the clean protein, like I was telling our previous caller. All right? Yes, sir. Thank you. Wonderful, Scott. So, hey, uh, this is WMNF 88.5 Tampa, Tampa's favorite radio station. This is the Healthy Step Show. I'm Dr. Fred Harvey, and I'm looking for some more phone calls from you lovely listeners. I'm uh, having some fun today and would like to keep it going. So give us a call, 813-239-9663. We have some emails coming in to DJ at WMNF.org. And I think right now we have Onika on the line. Hi. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Hi, I was calling because I have sickle cell. So I have like bad joint pain, mostly my hip and stuff. Yes. So my doctor recommended me get this steroid shot. Didn't realize I was allergic to it. End up going into a crisis. 
So what is another? I know you say exercise. So I do try to exercise. I'm about five, six, 130 pounds. I do try. I walk a lot and stuff like that for exercise, ride bike. But no. I have hip point problems. So it hurt a little, like doing those type of exercise and stuff like that. So what are some good type of supplement that I can take or what can I do to help with these problems? Okay, let's start with basics. Sickle cell, that's deformed red blood cells. They get stuck because they're shaped like a sickle, like a, like yeah. a, a crescent moon in, of sorts. And so they get stuck in the circulation. And one of the best things you can do to improve the flexibility of your red blood cells is to take fish oil. You want to get 4,000 milligrams of good omega-3 fats every day to make your blood slippery. Also, you want to take things that help prevent clotting. Um, natokinase, N-A-T-T-O-K-I-N-A-S-E, is an enzyme that comes from fermented soy. And it is a natural anticoagulant. It's a natural blood thinner. And it doesn't make you bleed. That's the best part. It just helps your body deal with thickened blood. And um, also, Hydration is key when it comes to sickle cell. And so you should be getting at least one ounce per pound of body weight daily to keep the body really fluid and flushed. Um, when you say one ounce um, of what? Uh, water. You want to drink lots of water. You want to get yeah. um, um, about a, an ounce per pound of body weight. So if you weigh 100 pounds, you get 100 ounces a day. 100 ounces a day. Okay. Yeah. So if you weigh 150, you get 150 ounces. If you don't get there, that's not a big deal. But if you put that as your goal and you're working towards it, you're getting a lot of water and that's going to keep the blood flowing more smoothly. And another thing is just movement. You want to move regularly. Every hour, get up and move because when you move, you make the circulation in your toes and your fingers move better. And when you do that, you actually move some of those sickle cells out of there and it will reduce the thickness of your blood movement every hour, especially with sickle cell, very critical. Okay. So you say I think those, all, and that was yes. what, 4,000 or 400, sorry, 4,000 4, 4, of the EPA and DHA. And that you have to look at the back of the bottle. You don't want to just buy 1,000 milligram fish oil capsules. You want to look at the back and see how much of the actual omega-3 is in there. And you can see on the back, it'll add up EPA plus DHA. That's your really important fish oil amount. And so many capsules that say 1,000 milligrams on the front will only have 300 milligrams of the actual active fish oil. So you need to take 10 of those. Try to get ones that are closer to like 900 milligrams per capsule. You have to take less of them. Okay. All right. I think those okay, things will help. The other one, the one that you spell, M-A-T. Um. N A T T O. That's N as in Nancy. N A T T as in Tom. O K I N A S E. Natokinase. It's an enzyme. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Liz is up. How you doing, Liz? Hello. Hi there. Hi. Um, I have one thing to say before I <laughs> ask you my question, which is the fact that we don't allow. Um, liquor or or smoking paraphernalia to be advertised on tv anymore why do we keep this fast food ads going 24 7 you know it's stuffed for us oh well that's because stuff. that's because we we know for a fact according to um the the powers that be that food is food and you can't touch food especially when it's made by massive industries that are job creators 
I understand that. <laughs> I know it always gets me. I say, you want to watch a horror show? Turn on the ads on TV. Truly, it's annoying. And then you see the ads for the antidepressants that don't treat anything. Really? But my question was, uh, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago in Bradenton, uh, I heard on the news that if your water tastes a little a little musty, it's just because there's blue-green algae in the water, in the tap water, and they're filtering it out. It's okay. The water is fine to drink. Now, I'm just curious about that because as far as I know, blue-green algae equates in my mind with microsystems and... How are they justifying that this water is okay to drink? Um, those are very <laughs> big policy questions that have absolutely no relation to human health. You have to remember, policy and health don't meet any longer. <laughs> so these policy decisions are because it's expedient, not because it's the right thing. But you know who we've hired, right? We we've hired the expedient group. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so hopefully we can fire the expedient group and hire the thoughtful, caring, useful group. Really, I just remember when you vote. Just, there's a lot of change that needs to happen in this creepy little state. <laughs> Sorry, I love Florida, but it's kind of creepy as far as what's lurking in the corners, as we've noticed in the last couple of years. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm a longtime Floridian and I'm a Florida historian, so I get all of it in my cup of tea every day. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I was really surprised to note that the uh, in 1972 the uh, the sheriff of Manatee County was also the Grand Dragon of the Manatee KKK. Fascinating situation. <laughs> In any oh, event, yeah. I diverge from health. Uh, I love your point. <laughs> I, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, uh, not off the top of my head right now. Thank you. Many things, many times, but not at the moment. You take other callers. Thank you. Have a, lovely, have a lovely week. I think Betty's on the line. Good morning, Betty. Hello? Hi there. Yes. Um, this, is a con this is a question concerning fluid. I'm 69 yeah. years old. I still work. I have rheumatoid arthritis severe, and I have congestive heart failure stage three. I'm limited to supposedly 35 ounces of fluid a day. So, yeah, you have a bit of a challenge there. <clears throat> um, yeah, I have a challenge. I, I just, I'm, I'm real concerned because every time I hear people talk about arthritis, they go fluid, fluid, fluid. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So I think it's really good to get as much as you can tolerate. If you drink more than 35 ounces and you don't gain weight, you're fine. Um, you can tell if you're eating too much or drinking too much fluid if your uh, weight will uh, change day to day. You know, if it goes up a yeah, pound or two over every morning. Yeah. yeah. And, and have you ever deviated and done more than the 35 ounces and watched your weight go up? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah. Okay. So oh, you yeah. you found you it's found your balance. Do, so, especially yeah, it's summertime. You can't do just thirty five ounces. Right. Right. And so, um, are you on coenzyme Q ten? Yes, I'm taking Q ten. I just started taking that about four months ago. Oh, good. Good. Um, are you taking a couple hundred milligrams at least? Um, I'm I'm not really sure, but I can check it. I I, I usually so, try to get the a recommendation for you, a dose that was studied by the University of Texas in 1989. Think about this, 1989. They found that 5 to 10 milligrams per kilogram 
of coenzyme Q10 resulted in a change of New York Heart Association class of heart failure by two classes. If you are class three, you can actually push it to class one simply with coenzyme Q10. And you're, you're talking like 200 milligrams a day? I'm talking five to 10 milligrams per kilogram. What do you weigh? Uh, I weigh 100 and, well, I'm, I've got fluid on me, but I, I'm 115. 115. So let's just cut that to 60. So if you got 60 kilograms of weight and you times that by 10, that's 600 milligrams. By five, that's 300 milligrams. So somewhere between 300 and 600 milligrams per day would be what was in that study as your sweet spot for helping to change your heart failure. Oh, okay. Well, that's what the study showed. Yeah, I, I, I put off getting the Q10 because it's a little more expensive than the other vitamins, you know? It is, you know, and it should be covered by insurance because it's actually been proven to actually help heart failure. And every person with heart failure should be on it. And it should be covered by your insurance because it's a medication. And it's actually a medication wow. in Japan. You get a prescription for it because it works so well. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try that. It's a struggle, you know. Yes, Betty, give it a try and... Keep us posted. Give us an email or give us a call and tell us what happened when you increased your CoQ. Okay. Thank you, sir. You're I'm welcome. listening to your show. Thank you. Glad you do. Thank you. And Ed is on the phone. Good morning, Ed. Hello. Hi there. Hey, how you doing? I appreciate your show, sir. Uh, I missed this, uh, the conversation about the foot fungus, the toenail fungus uh, the other day. Yes. Uh, can you give me some good advice? I got this, this color toenails is just only my two big toenails um oh that's interesting if it's only on your two big toenails uh there's a question are your shoes too tight um so nail discoloration can be a fungus it can be damage uh runners often get toenail changes because the their toes hit the shoe so often that they end up getting changes that look like they got fungus but in actuality they just got deteriorated toenails and when it's only like your big toes i wonder if there's some kind of repetitive trauma there however to know what you got, I would suggest you go to a foot doctor, let them evaluate it and tell you what they think because they have treatments for you. If it really is fungus, they can treat it. If it's not fungus, they can tell you how to take care of your nails better. Okay, thank you. I tried that, but it's still, yeah, I guess it's just what's working. Uh, I, I mean, if you got a problem, I mean, by how long would you take for it to clear up? Um, well, if you actually have fungus, it takes about 9 to 12 months of ongoing medication therapy to have those nails get fixed. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, well, yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Got to persist you, with it for almost a year. Yes, sir. Thank you. I love your show, man. Thank you. Sure. Glad you called. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So I think we have um, some open phone lines. Um, this is uh, down to the last four minutes, so I'm going to read some emails and uh, chat a bit. Um, unless there's somebody else on, uh, let me know in chat. <laughs> um, this one is um, from Joe. And he says, what is your opinion of eating more fat and completely removing the carbohydrates from the diet? He had open heart surgery in uh, looks like uh, 2017. He'd like to get off statin drugs and possibly metoprolol. Um, he takes vitamins, probiotics, amino acids, and, um, and uh, he exercises and... Um, so how would he get off statins? Well, honestly, for somebody who has actually had open heart surgery, if it was for bypass surgery and the vessels are problematic, you want to get 
your lipid panel in perfect shape before you consider getting off statin drugs because statins prevent your next heart attack and they can prevent it uh, moving on into another bypass. Uh, chelation therapy, explore C-H-E-L-A-T-I-O-N therapy. We have information on that on functionalmedicineflorida.com. Um, you can read about chelation therapy. It's really uh, uh, turns it around and uh, can really reduce your risk of death and disease from um, cardiovascular disease. Um, eating more fat and removing carbohydrates can work if you have sugar metabolism problems. But the Mediterranean diet with 80% plant, 20% animal, avoiding the saturated fats, eating lots of fish, fish oil, beans, and other good soluble fibers, those things are going to help you prevent and reverse heart disease. You need to get your cholesterol down, you need to do the exercise, and statins can help, but you can do it naturally, but you need to look at things like an advanced lipid panel from Quest and a Cleveland Heart Slab panel to help understand what your vascular risk is before you make big changes like that. Because the big changes are going to get you into trouble if you're not paying attention. And um, Robin asks, what do you think about Celtic salt? It seems to be the fad right now. Can't keep it in stock where she works. Well, honestly, Celtic salt is fine. I love sea salt. But I personally like iodized sea salt. And I can't find very often many of these Celtic salts that throw a little extra iodine in. I like the iodine so I don't have to eat seaweed snacks all the time, though I do like them. It's just that it's much easier to throw a little bit of iodine into the food you're cooking with your salt. Iodized sea salt is what I use on a regular basis. And so I just want to thank everybody today. Uh, Irene, um, DJ Spaceship, thank you for working the boards. Irene on the phones, all the staff at uh, WMNF, thanks for being there. All my lovely callers. Um, and uh, I think uh, it'll be not next week, but two before I have a guest. So next week, again, let's engage. Ask me anything. We're going to have an AMA Monday next week. Thanks, everyone, for being here. And have a lovely week. Stay healthy and take those steps on your road, on your journey to healthiness. See you.